لم يعرفوني في الظلال التي تمتص لوني في جواز السفر وكان جرحي عندهم معرضا لسابح يعشق جمع الصور لم يعرفوني آه لا تتركي كفي بلا شمس لأن الشجرة يعرفني تعرفني كل أغاني المطر لأن الشجرة يعرفني تعرفني كل أغاني المطر لا تتركيني شاحبا كالقمر Her work in activism is mainly around areas of social justice, intercultural communications and peace building through recognition. She has mediated and participated in numerous interfaith, intercultural roundtable discussions and conferences on the question of Palestine. Please welcome Zahia Azmari. tout le monde. Hello everybody. I'd like to first uh, uh, thank Margarita for sharing this. Um, one of the reasons this is so uh, um, is because in 1982, um, As you all know, Israel invaded Lebanon and uh, they committed the Sabra and Shatila massacres, where they massacred over 3,000 Palestinians in cold blood. And uh, after that massacre, uh, the Lebanese army, the Christian phalangist Lebanese army, uh, I mean, obviously it was civil war in Lebanon, so it was, uh, it was pretty savage. And um, since 1982, my aunt has been kidnapped. Uh, because she was a Palestinian activist, Lebanese, but Palestinian activist. And ever since then, we have no news of what happened to my aunt. Um, like what happened with you, um, my grandmother spent every penny she has in order to get information about what happened to her daughter. And uh, my mother and my aunt, until today, uh, live with the burden that they weren't able to help their sister and they were able to come here and seek refuge and until today they don't know whether she's in prison. We've heard horror stories about rape, about torture, about her being uh, sent to Israeli jails. But the worst part is the not knowing. And when you go to sleep at night you still have that At least if you know she's dead, you can pray. And you say she moved on to another place. But until today, right now, when we we're saying the minute of silence, I was praying for my grandmother, I was praying for my aunt, for my mother, 
for all mothers who have prisoners in Israeli jails just to have some serenity, to be able just to get through the next second and breathe and just pray for some serenity for them to be able to put up with this huge burden that is not knowing where their daughters are, where their sons are. So that's why I thank you so much for, for sharing this and I'll get my act together. And I will talk to you. Okay, so I was born as a Palestinian refugee in Lebanon and uh, from uh, a long line of extremely powerful Palestinian women. And um, they've always, they were always, uh, they were always, uh, they were always part of the Palestinian struggle. They were always at the forefront of the struggle. And actually, my aunt uh, was the one who passed on the key. The key for us, for Palestinians, is a symbol of the right of return. And that key that I still hold, and every time I have the chance, I share the story that this key for us is a sign, is a symbol of resistance. And for us, it means that, yes, we will go back one day to the land that is today occupied by Israel, where over 800,000 Palestinians were forcibly excluded and forced to flee from their lands. So this is just to give you a context. But today, what is happening in Palestine? Three years ago, I was in Palestine visiting and I was able to go back to my homeland just because I have a Canadian passport. And on that day, I went and I received a new released prisoner called Khalda Jarrar. She's a Palestinian activist. She's part of the Palestinian uh, government. Every day she's on the front line and every day Israel makes her life into hell just as they do as to hundreds of thousands of women who are trying to fight the occupation and the settler colonialist policies that Israel imposes on them. That was three years ago. She's been in and out of jail more times than I can count. And today, two days ago, actually, we just learned that Israel released her yet again after having imprisoned her. And every time, And every time she is released, she stands right outside at the time of her release, and she repeats every single argument and every single statement that bothers and unnerves the Israeli occupation forces. And she tells them, we are here to stay. We are asking for our right of return. We, we, we support the, boy, the campaign for boycott, divestment, and sanctions and our voices will be heard. Every time she leaves her prison cells, she repeats the same argument. And the opportunity for me today just to let her voice be heard and to pass on this message. A woman like Margarita, a woman like Khalida Jarrar can still speak after the atrocities that, when, that were done upon to them, then us here, we have the privilege and the luxury to leave this hall today and to go into our homes and not our safety, but to actually do something. So if there's anything that I can do right now, and it's a uh, cri de coeur, <laughs> there are things that we can do. The fact that we are in this room 
shows that we have so many issues that we have in common. We all live through the same thing in different countries, but we all suffer through the occupation, through the patriarchy, through all the means that are trying to just to stifle our voices and we can do something. 12 years ago, the Palestinian civil society came out and said, we have a way to fight against this occupation. We have a way that is non-violent to speak up and that is BDS, boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Each and every one of you, you have a vote to make with your wallet and with your vote. So you have to use it. Hewlett Packard is one of those companies that monitors the checkpoints that Palestinians cross every day. Those checkpoints are there to humiliate Palestinians and to tell them that you have a place and that is in the ghettos we've created for you. Nothing else. Hewlett Packard is making this technology work in such an efficient way so that every Palestinian that goes through the checkpoints is humiliated and reminded daily that they are not worthy to live. Yet Palestinians every day, even in Gaza, Gaza has been under siege for over 12 years. It's an illegal siege. It's recognized on an international level that it's an illegal siege. They can't have, medicine can't enter, food can't enter. They are besieged from all fronts, whether it's air, whether it's sea, whether it's land. And every day and on every Friday, they gather around to what we now know as the March of Return. Now these people, over 1.8 million people living in an open air prison, still find the strength and the courage every Friday to come down in the streets and to ask for the freedom and their basic rights. Nothing more, nothing less. It is our moral responsibility here to do the same and to let their voices be heard here and speak to our elected officials. We have an upcoming federal election. Your votes count, whichever party you want to vote for, but please go out and vote and tell them what you expect from them. Beyond voting, get involved, go run for the elections. Let your voices be heard, sign the petitions. Politicians want to hear from us. It's their responsibility to hear from us. And it's our responsibility to let them know what we need. Every day, Palestinian women, they still fight for destroyed villages. Today, Israel is building illegal settlements in what is Jerusalem. East Jerusalem is recognized as the Palestinian capital under international law. Until now, after they announced the move of the, of the American embassy to, East Jer to Jerusalem, rather, Israel has built over 2,000 illegal colonies, pushing more Palestinians outside of their homes. There are no schools, no fitting schools for Palestinian students to attend to. And all of these fights are led by women at the front line. And as with every revolution, Palestinian women's rights are there, but they are fighting both the Israeli occupation and they are fighting the patriarchal occupation, and they are fighting the Palestinian government. So this is a multi-level fight for Palestinian women all over. There are so many things that I wanted to talk to you about, but I just want to leave you with a couple of initiatives, you know, that breathe hope into the lives of these Palestinian women. There are lots of cooperatives that are using, whether it's Palestinian embroidery, whether it's peace talks, with Israelis that are using grief, those mothers who have children in prisons, those mothers who have lost their sons and their children, they are coming together 
to basically give birth to hope. The Palestinian cooperatives with embroideries, they are selling their embroidery for them to be able to speak out and get the messages across. And on a much lighter note, one of the most selling <laughs> items that they have, this is a Palestinian embroidery cooperative called Women of Hebron. They have these small pouches that say, men can do something, women can do anything. <laughs> going on right before our very eyes and all of the media, the mainstream media are acting like uh, press relations for the federal government. Our federal government has started an initiative which is totally backing the Trump administration and that is to overthrow the legitimately elected government of, of Venezuela. And why are they doing it? Is it because they're, they're very concerned about the humanitarian crisis, quote unquote? No, it's all about the oil. And in Canada in particular, it's not only oil, but they have, in Venezuela, they have very rich mineral resources, including gold. Hands off Venezuela, absolutely. Yeah. And there's Canadian mining companies there that are just licking their chops and waiting to get in there. And before, in, in fact, um, th there's already a case that has brought, been brought to the international um, uh, litigation uh, body where, whereby Canadian mining companies as well as other foreign mining companies are being given, they were granted $2.1 billion in awards because Venezuela dared to nationalize its, its gold mines and so on. So this is what Juan Guaido and this you know, new president-in-waiting, which Canada was the first to, 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 to support and to recognize, are just waiting to, to replace and to undo everything that's been done in the past 20 years in, in Venezuela. So please, you know, make your voices heard. When you hear there's demonstrations, because we will be having them, please come out and please let people know that people don't agree with what Canada is doing here. It's a terrible, shameful situation. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Merci Margarita. Margarita. Merci Zaria. Merci Marie. Merci pour vos histoires, vos... ce que vous avez vécu. On aurait voulu vous entendre plus. Nous avons soif de, de, de comprendre les enjeux. Toujours. Mais des fois, c'est toujours les temps qui nous manquent. Mais on aura la chance de refaire tout ça. 
Merci Marie pour euh, le couple euh, de Venezuela. Euh, mes chers amis, nous sommes arrivés à la fin de notre activité. Nous partons chez nous, nous sortons d'ici en gardant en mémoire les histoires et les expériences déchirantes qu'ont vécu nos sœurs ici et ailleurs. Nous allons nous rappeler que à la minute, nous avons plusieurs Margareta, Diane, Zahira, donnez-moi les noms encore, toutes ces femmes-là qui Diana, toutes ces femmes-là qui sont passées ici, il y en a plusieurs, il y en a plusieurs qui vivent encore aujourd'hui, au 21e siècle, dans ce genre d'injustice, dans ce genre de misère, de violence. Alors nous ne pouvons pas nous arrêter. Nous ne pouvons pas nous arrêter. Au contraire, il faut que nous puissions conscientiser nos amis qui ne sont pas avec nous, qui ne sont pas au courant de tout ça, leur donner les histoires, leur dire le pourquoi nous avons dans la rue. Alors, on vous lance le défi, rendez-vous le 8 mars au Carré Philippe. Donc, le rassemblement commence à 17h, vous pouvez venir même avant, et euh, la marche commence à 18h. Alors, vous êtes tous et toutes les bienvenus. Merci pour tout. Alors, je vais donner la parole à Marie pour euh, les remerciements. Merci beaucoup, Marie-Claude Manga et Jasmine de la Casada qui faisaient l'animation euh, de cet après-midi. Merci. Merci beaucoup aussi à, à Florée Le Gasset qui représente Dawson euh, et qui nous a euh, gracieusement prêté la salle. Merci beaucoup pour les interprètes qui ont fait un travail énorme. Et c'est un vrai privilège de pouvoir nous réunir en trois langues et nous, nous comprendre mutuellement, c'est fantastique. Et puis, mais surtout, n'oubliez pas de venir, euh, euh, il y a aussi une feuille de présence si vous voulez continuer à être mise à jour de nos activités, veuillez signer la feuille. Et puis, c'est euh, tout est dans le programme d'ailleurs. Et aussi, surtout, rendez-vous le 8 mars à 17h30 pour départ à 18h. Qu'il qu fasse beau, qu'il ne fasse pas beau, nous, on est, on est assez fort pour être dans la rue pour faire entendre nos voix. Merci beaucoup. Oh, 